had a um, conversation today, and I have a Bible study lined up on Thursday. And uh, I tell you what, people are hungry um, for God, and um, I don't care how godless society seems, there's people that God is dealing with and that are hungry. Um, individual I'm teaching a Bible study to on Thursday went home Sunday and since Sunday morning has already read the entire book of Acts and uh, it's just hungry and uh, God begins to open to open uh, doors and open people's eyes to stuff you know, it just, it won't take long for conversions to take place because people are hungry. Um, but uh, I want to go to the book of Acts chapter 16 and um, beginning with verse number 16. Praise God. Acts chapter 16 and verse number 16. Again, it's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord tonight. We're about at half strength tonight as far as uh, numbers and all that kind of stuff. But it's a good day in the presence of the Lord. Acts chapter 16 and verse number 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Uh, this, if you read through uh, just chapter 16 from the beginning of it, uh, you'll see where Paul is going to different places. He's, he's journeying to different cities in, in actually what is now modern-day Turkey. And uh, where he comes to in this particular passage is the city of Thyatira. And uh, he had been going uh, about in different cities. Uh, let me just, I, don't, I didn't give this to Brother Sanderfield, but verse number five of the same chapter says this. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. So he's visiting uh, churches. He's preaching in the synagogues. And uh, they are making converts. And this is basically part of his missionary journey uh, is where chapter 16 is. And uh, it, it names, once you get into the chapter 16, he goes to Lystra, and all you got to do is, if you just, you can just Google it, and it'll show you, you know, my, you know, biblical Lystra, or any of these names of these cities. It'll show you where it's all there in modern-day Turkey, and um, it's all clumped together, Galatia, and all of that particular place, that particular area of the world where he is. And um, he's going about to new cities, new territories, and he's getting a reaction from the new territories that he goes into. Um, and I, and I, I, I want to just, I guess, throw a title on this. And I, I don't even know exactly how long I'm going to be tonight. I, I, I won't uh, hold you hostage uh, too long tonight, all right? But I, I do feel 
just a, a, a humongous confirmation in the Holy Ghost about what God wants to say in the next few moments as to the nature of tonight. And that is uh, just, you've heard, you've heard the phrase, new levels, new devils. I, I would uh, say new territory, new devils, or new territory, new opposition. Uh, God has, God, there is something that shifted in here, I don't know, a week and a half ago. And uh, there has been a massive shift in the spirit. And um, we are reaching into new territory, and God has been giving us specific direction of what to do and what we are pursuing after. And that is uh, a, a hyper focus on discipleship. It may be a good year before this is really ingrained in our DNA, but I'm going to ride this thing until I just wear it out, until it's just a part of who we are, until, until we just really... And, and when I say I'm going to ride this thing, I'm first and foremost, I am pursuing it like I have never pursued it in my own life, in my own family. Um, so I, I'm not going to just say a few things in the microphone. I'm uh, my own pursuit in my own life. There's been a shift in me and that will, that will trickle down to you. And, uh, but we, we have, we have, I think everybody can really tell when I begin to preach from Romans chapter 10, a couple, not the week, last weekend, but the weekend before, or whenever it was, um, there was a massive shift in the Holy Ghost. And um, the, the wind just began to blow a different direction. And uh, God is a God of balance. You know, for a period of, I don't know, about, about a year and a half, seemed like everything the Lord gave me to preach was just heavy. And it was just like, it was just heavy. And uh, it was, it was, um, you know, it was a type of messages and the type of word that will cause somebody to grow deep, um, but it were they weren't the type of messages that were going to attract a crowd. Matter of fact, it was a type of messages that was going to kind of push the crowd away and was only going to be attractive to core because it was such strong meat that anybody that wasn't mature would choke on it. It'd be hard to hear because it's, that's what it was. And for, for months and months, I'm telling you, I'd leave here thinking, dear God, I'm going to kill everybody and they're not going to survive it and, and what's going on. But I just kept preaching what I felt. And um, th- there was a season of time where it was just, it was, everything was heavy. And uh, then that particular Sunday, it, it's like the wind began to blow in a different direction. And faith began to come in. God is a God of balance. Whenever, whenever uh, uh, we hear words from the Lord that force us to go deep, uh, it may be for a period of time, but on the opposite end, God's going to bring, the wind is going to shift, and he's going to begin to speak things to us that make us grow up. And that's what, what has happened. God has spoken things very specifically, and, and, and uh, I believe it's at the, the prophecy or, uh, of John the Baptist when he comes and says, now is the ax laid to the root of the tree. Boom. And um, there, was, there was that severing that was happening, and God has to do that. Uh, there are seasons where that has to happen because we've got to hear strong word. We've got to, we've got to have, be fed strong meat so we can grow. But on the opposite end, there comes a time where God is done with that season, and now there's a shift in direction of what the Lord is going to do. Everything that God said to the crowd 
wasn't the same necessary, necessarily the same tone that he talked to the twelve. There was a different tone. When he was in smaller settings, he would, he, would, he would say things that was a little harder to hear, but when he's on the Mount of the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, and he's talking to the thousands, the, the tone of voice and the tone of Scripture is different with the crowd than it is the twelve, and then different with the crowd than it is the three, and, and so on and so forth. But uh, just, just to kind of give us our bearings of where we are, and this is kind of what the Lord did last Tuesday night, just kind of helping us get our bearings. And uh, I felt this so very strong is that Paul comes to Thyatira, and there is a, a woman there that is possessed with a spirit of divination. And uh, she uh, met them, and there's an interesting interaction. There's a few things I want to extract from here, and there's a few layers of truth in this particular just small passage of Scripture. That is, uh, when he came there, those that were possessed with spirits of divination, they, they either Paul found them or they found Paul, one or the other. But the, the, we know that there is a clash that happens between uh, uh, the Spirit of God and the kingdom of darkness there with uh, the, the, the witchcraft that is going on there. It was very, a very pagan society in, uh, in, this, uh, in this particular city, in this part of the world at that time. There were statues of Zeus and uh, there was pagan worship and idolatrous worship and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of Greek mythology uh, comes out of this part of the, of the world and and um, when a lot of that was being established and they worshiped these gods. So uh, idol worship and the worship of gods is no more than a front for demonic spirits to be worshiped. That's, that's what's taking place when all that is. I can't remember what missionary it was, but it was a missionary that had been either to India or some part of the world there that... Um, they were taking a tour of this particular area, and the and the uh, I don't know if I don't know if it was uh, I don't think it was Buddhist. Um, what am I? What's the the religion that's there? Not but, uh, Hindu. Yeah, that was what it was. Uh, they were at some some uh, little gathering place where there was a a statue, and they would come and they would worship the statue. Well, the uh, whatever the leader of the Hindu, the Hindu priest there, began to explain to them. And this is what he told them. He said, we're not actually worshiping the statue. But when we worship the statue, a spirit comes in and, and places itself in the statue and is worshiped. And when we are done, the spirit leaves. They had a very good understanding and admitted what was taking place. They were not worshiping this engraved thing, but they knew that they, when they began to worship this engraved thing, a spirit came in, possessed it, and then when they were done, it left. Um, and this is what idol worship is. So it was very paganistic in this particular chapter. Uh, a lot of idol worship, uh, demonic spirits involved, um, and all that stuff. So this woman encounters Paul with a spirit of divination, and um, most of you have read this, but it, it bears looking at it again and just kind of uh, kind of unpacking it here. Uh, a damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. Now, what's wrong with that? Which show unto us the way of salvation. What's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. It's all right. She's 100% she's correct. 
But like I said, there's, there's layers here to kind of understand uh, a few things that's going on. It says, and uh, verse 18, and she did, uh, and this did she many days. But Paul being grieved turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Now I've thought of this when I've read this before, I've kind of thought of it and kind of picture the, the scenario in my mind. And for whatever reason, for a long time, I pictured it being, you know, some big dramatic thing that was done in front of everybody. Um, that's not necessarily what would have happened. It probably was as discreet as many times as people will get deliverance in this room right here. It pro very possibly wasn't a big, you know, wallowing on the floor type deal. Um, it may have been. I don't know. I'm not saying it was. I'm not trying to settle that debate. All I'm saying is... Um, the Bible says she did this many days. So Paul's trying to digest because he's, I, the, I, I could be corrected. I, I've never had this conversation with anybody else and, and, and I'm trying to understand scripture and do justice to the context. But if Paul, if this went on for, for many days, it's very possible it seems like Paul's trying to figure this lady out. Okay, what she's saying is right, but I don't feel right with it. There's something going, the words that she's saying are correct, but my spirit does not jive. There's something going on here. Is it possible that Paul just held his tongue for a few days and is trying to use uh, discernment to figure out what spirit is at work here? Because she's speaking truth. And in this is a truth. And you've got to understand this as saints of God. There are people that will come, have come. I've, I've, I've been in this all my life. I've seen it, it from all different examples. I couldn't probably list them all if I were to start trying to think about it. But people that may have come and gotten the Holy Ghost or may not have the Holy Ghost yet, either or, come in and they begin to lift up their voice, and they begin to praise, and they begin to worship God, but something just clashes in the atmosphere. It just, it draws attention to itself and takes attention off of Jesus. Not that what they're saying is wrong, not that what they're doing is wrong, but there's just something that makes the atmosphere feel a little off. That's because they need deliverance. Okay? And it doesn't have to be some big demonstrative. That's why there are new, new and newer people that come that will worship, and we want people to be involved in our worship. We want them to join right in. We, don't, we want them to worship with us because it's, it's in worshiping God that people will get deliverance. That's what happened to the demoniac. He came and he worshiped. He got deliverance. We want them to be involved. We want them to clap their hands. We want them to lift their voice. We want them to lift their hands. We want everybody to join in and worship with us. But we've got to have the maturity to understand that there are some people that are going to do it, and it gets your attention. You know why it's getting your attention? Because it's not the Spirit of God moving through them while they are worshiping. There is a spirit at work there that mature Christians have to know, have to feel it, hear it, sense it, understand it, and be able to ignore it in the moment and be ready to deal with it when the time is right. 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 Does that make sense to everybody? Mm -hmm. So this is probably what Paul was doing. You know, it, it may be that uh, 
somebody comes in and they're and they're worshiping and they're praising and they're they're wanting to get involved, but just man, something it's it's just something is off. I, I remember, you know, I, I'm remembering one particular individual where uh, an individual came in and was getting involved in, in, in demonstrative worship, and it did nothing but just draw attention to itself in a very not good way. And uh, not that what they were particularly doing, clapping their hands, lifting their hands, but there was just a spirit there that was at work that tries to blend in to truth. And this is what this woman was doing. These are the servants of the Most High God. She's right. They're going to show us the way of salvation. Absolutely correct. But it grieved Paul's spirit. There was a clash in the spirit realm. She was there. You, you might, some people without, without discernment would think, oh, she's, she's helping us out. No. It's messing with the flow of ministry that Paul is operating in. And so at the right time, he says that many days when they would go to prayer, at the right time, he took authority over the Spirit and commanded it to go. Um, so, really, the main point I'm wanting to expound on for just a minute here is that he goes into a new city, and what meets him is a spirit of divination operating through an individual. Everybody say, through an individual. With flesh and blood. This is where we miss it. If, if you're going to make it to heaven, you're going to have to win the battle of the mind and you're going to have to win the battle of spiritual warfare and understanding how it operates. It operates through flesh and blood, but you are not warring with flesh and blood. That's how the battle comes to you is through flesh and blood. Sorry to tell you, I know it's popular in a lot of mainstream Christianity, but God's not going to humiliate your haters. He's not going to do it. He's not going to humiliate people because they, they came against you. It wasn't them that was coming against you. It was spirits that were operating through them as a willing vessel. Those spirits were coming against you. It wasn't a personal attack from them to you. I get, I, you know, I get irritated at just, you know, there, there's just, when it comes to spiritual warfare, there's so much immaturity in, in, a lot of the main, in a lot of mainstream Christianity regarding it and those that believe in it, you know, and, and just, a very, just a very low understanding of how it works. And basically, a lot of people take it personal and think that God's going God's gonna to vindicate them for everything and God's going to humiliate their enemy. No, no God's going to humiliate the devil and every demon in hell on judgment day. God's going to give you victory over the enemy, but he wants to save souls. He loves people. Um, the only exception to that, the only exception that I can think of is if there is somebody that is knowingly and directly opposing the will of God and doing so openly and having given themselves to it. Now, God may deal with them differently, but most times in our life when we are battling a spiritual battle, it's going to come through somebody that doesn't really understand what's taking place coming through them most of the time. Um, but... Uh, he comes into a, new, into a new area, and there meets him a woman with a spirit. He comes into new territory. Everybody say new territory. 
anytime you're going to go into new territory in your walk with God, you're going to meet resistance. You're going to. There's no way around it. Anytime you want to step foot in a new place, if you, just, if you decide tomorrow you're going to, to, to up your prayer time from 15 minutes to 30 minutes or 30 minutes to 45 minutes or whatever, 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 there's going to be something that happens that makes you have to fight for that extra time. It's going to be there. If you decide, I'm going to start fasting one day a week, mark it down, whatever that day is, your best friend's going to call you and they're going to say, somebody gave me a hundred bucks. I'm going to take you out to eat today. It's going to be on that day. And you're going to be like, well, I'll fast tomorrow. You've got a decision to make. There's going to be something there, I promise you. Whenever, whatever it is in your life that you're wanting God to change or you're wanting to draw closer to God, you're wanting to expand uh, the dominion of the kingdom in your life personally, there's going to be some type of resistance there. I can't tell you how many times I've seen, you've seen it too, somebody come to church, get the Holy Ghost, and begin to live for God, and all of a sudden, somebody out of the blue comes into their life and is the wrong influence and is the wrong voice, and you're thinking you can't, you can't get in there and have an argument with somebody. You'll just mess it all up because then at that point, you're wrestling with flesh and blood. You've got to watch this take place, and hopefully they make the right decision. You pray for them. You do the best. That you, you advise them. You ask, if they come to you and ask questions, you give them answers, but you've got to watch them have to make the decision. Am I willing to walk in truth at the cost of this battle? Over and over and over again, I've seen situations where somebody got the Holy Ghost and then the battle began. And we've got to fight for him. Don't misunderstand me. We've got to fight for him. We've got to have a burden in our heart, on our heart, for every new person to where they get our full attention. They're on our prayer list. And aside from that, but aside from that, everybody's got a decision to make. Am I willing to leave everything and follow Jesus? Um, but there's a battle that's going to be fought. There's a battle that's going to be fought. When you begin to possess new territory in your life, when you get the, when, from the very beginning of being, being born again, that, that's when the battle begins. And uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't last all the time. No, it's not like that all the time. Whenever you begin to step into a new uh, place of commitment in your life, there's that little bit of re resistance at first, that at first it resists you. But through the power of the Holy Ghost, you barrel through all of that resistance. And then what is difficult at one point becomes easy and becomes a walk of life the next. It becomes normal. Right now, my wife and I if, I, if I'm still at the house in the morning, uh, my wife will do this with the kids, but she'll teach them a devotional. And uh, she's homeschooling Zion and, and Scarlett. And we will take uh, five minutes. I'll go in, in a room with either Scarlett or Zion. And Katie will go in, in, in the other room with uh, one of the other kids. And we'll pray for five minutes. Five minutes for me, I haven't even gotten going in five minutes. But for the child, it's a different story. Okay? Because that's where they are. But... Eventually, five minutes, Scarlett will last about three. She'll pray for about three. That's where she's at, okay? So for me, 
It's one thing. For her, it's different. She'll pray, and we're teaching them to pray. We're teaching them, okay, we're going to sit there. We're going to take five minutes, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray over the day. We're going to pray over school. We're going to pray over our family. We're going to pray over the church. We're going to pray over whoever the Lord brings to our mind. We're just going to pray over them. We're going to pray a blessing of God over them, and I let them hear me pray, okay? For them, and, and, this, and this is obviously a very simple illustration, but what is hard for them is easy for me. At one time, that was hard for me. At one time, that was hard for everybody that started living for God. Somebody gets the Holy Ghost. Five minutes is a long time. You got you got to think up a lot of stuff to say. Five minutes, like all of a sudden, the, the clock gets slower when you start praying. You know, um, and there's that resistance at first, but the more that you pursue, the easier it becomes when you got your mind made up that you're going to do it. And uh, this, this principle applies to every new level in your walk with God. Don't think because there is resistance, and this is where Satan gets a lot of people. This is what he comes, sits on people's shoulder, and he says this. This isn't the will of God for you to be doing this. If this was the will of God, it wouldn't be hard. And that's where people lose it. I tell you, just because you're experiencing resistance in your life Making the right decisions doesn't mean it's not the will of God. It just means that there is a weak, flimsy little devil who wants to lie to you and make you think you can't do it. But you can grow. You can make it through that initial shock of the resistance of the next level of commitment that God has for you in your life. Whatever that next level of commitment is that I know every one of you want it in your life on one level or another. Whatever that next level is that you say, I want to be able to, I want to be able to pray this long, or I want to, I want to fast, or I want to be involved in outreach, or I want to be involved in discipleship, or I want to be involved in a small group, or I want to do whatever it is that's helping expand the kingdom. Whatever that is, when you make that first step into that new territory, there's going to be a resistance that's waiting for you there. And probably at first, like Paul, it's going to catch you a little off guard, like, while what they're saying, if it's a person that maybe it's a relationship or a family member or, or a coworker or whatever, whatever, whatever it is, whatever the voice, there's going to be a voice somewhere. And you're going to hear that voice and it's going to sound like it's true. There might even be truth in it. Well, since you went to that church, you changed. Yeah, that's exactly right. But it can be said with a tone of voice that makes you think, well, maybe, you know, maybe this is the right thing. I don't, you know, make me stop and say, is this really what I, and there's a decision to make. I want to tell you tonight that whatever that resistance is, you can, you can make it through that resistance. And just because there's resistance in front of you and, and pursuing God and seeking after God uh, uh, or, or getting back to where you need to be, God wants you to know tonight that you're just going to have to, if you, if you will make up your mind, I'm not going to get distracted by the resistance. I'm not going to get distracted by the, by the disapproval of others or the disapproval coming from wherever, but I'm going to, I'm going to make up my mind that I'm going to make it through. I'm telling you that the power of the Holy Ghost is going to show up in your life in a brand new way. And there will come a moment where you will know that I have, that, that, that God is hearing me, that God is leading me, that the Lord is with me, that he's going to help me through this resistance. You're going to make it. So there's the resistance waiting on them there. This is, this is kind of how it, and it surfaces through flesh and blood. Satan fights the church. He fights us through uh, uh, seemingly 
uh, innocent situations or situations that seem like, oh, that's just life or that's just this or that. We punched through in the spirit uh, just a week and a half ago and we began to pursue some things on a level that I don't know that we've really, really pursued just yet in, in the manner that we have. But um, what we have met is a resistance. That's all right. Because we're just going to keep plugging away. And what, where, what may resist us at first is just a telltale sign that we're on the right track. Mark chapter 5 and verse number 1. Mark 5, verse number 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. He said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. He besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country, but now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. So when Jesus comes to the, the country of the Gadarenes, where this is on your little map, is this is the southeast side of the Sea of Galilee. If you look on your map in your Bible, southeast side of, of, of Galilee, of Sea of Galilee, which was, uh, from what we understand, this is the, the, the territory where the tribe of Gad would have settled on the east side of the Jordan River. Um, if you look at in your maps, it'll show you where all the tribes settled. This is where the tribe of Gad, the Gadarenes, this is the connection. <clears throat> and so this is, from what I can see and what I understand, uh, I didn't do a deep search, I did a quick search on this, uh, but this is the first Gentile country that Jesus comes to in his ministry. It's in Mark Five that we read, and I believe it's in Luke chapter 8. Same story in those books. This is the first time he comes specifically to a Gentile country. And what does he meet right on the shore? Devils. 
that come to him and confess who he is. Now, this man didn't know him, but those devils knew him. And they come down, he falls down and he worships. And even though he was possessed with a legion of devils, he still had enough desire within him and his will was intact enough to tell him that he wanted to be free and he wanted deliverance. He worshiped and he got deliverance that day. Doesn't matter how many devils somebody has, the human will cannot be overridden even by demonic spirits. They cannot. Demonic spirits only have as much power and authority in somebody's life as they give them. But this man, even though he's possessed with a legion of devils, those, de- that, those devils wouldn't, didn't want to be around Jesus. But they, they were in this man, and that man said, I want to go to Jesus. Goes and he falls down and he worships. And those demonic spirits, after that quick encounter, they go into the swine, and the swine are choked out. And that, I, you know, I never really kind of understood this. I don't think I've, I'm not sure if I've said this or not here. But um, it says the swine, the, they ask, can we go into the swine? And Jesus gives them leave, and they go into the swine. What's the first thing that happens once they go into the swine? They run wild into the sea, and it kills them. That's what Satan would do to people if he could, but he cannot. He cannot. I don't care what he says. All that Satan has is a lie. Now, a, a, an animal does not have a conscience like human, doesn't have a human will, doesn't have the strength of a human will, doesn't have a conscience. And so once those spirits entered into them, There were no match for demonic spirits. They could make the animals do that, but they cannot make people do that. There has to be be the willingness of an individual to utilize their will to do what the the devil wants them to do. That's what the word word Satan means, adversary. Uh, What the adversary wants them to do. All Satan has is a lie. That's all he's got. He's got a lie that he hopes you believe. And if you believe it, then you begin to repeat it. If you begin to repeat it, you will then eventually act on it. But he can't make you. (coughs) That's what happens here. We see the the contrast of Satan possessing or, or, or vexing an individual and vexing swine. Two totally different responses. Satan is not as powerful as he wants to make humanity think he is. He is not as powerful. All he's got is a lie. And once you figure out that and you understand how Satan operates in your mind, all the things he will tell you that you are not and that you cannot do and what your life is going to be and, and God won't love you and you can't be used by God and you, you can't grow beyond this besetting sin and you can't ever, you can't ever gr- uh, grow up in God and you can't ever be used powerfully and anointed by God. That is a lie. He just hopes you buy the lie because that's all he has. He can't stop you. He can't force you to do anything. He can't make you do anything. The only thing he He's got is a lie. 
You need to understand that tonight, that Satan is a liar. It's very important to really understand that because every thought that comes to your mind that, that leads you to a conclusion of less commitment to God, every thought that comes to your mind that leads you to the conclusion that God doesn't love you or has given up on you or doesn't, doesn't want you anymore, anything, that, anything remotely regarding any of that that does not come from God, that is a lie from Satan. And he's just hoping that you'll hear it and repeat it long enough till you begin to believe it. But we understand what Satan is doing, and we're going to take authority and control over our minds in the name of Jesus. And, and, and I know that there are those here in the room that you're hungry for God, and you're, you're, you want to move forward in God, and you want to grow in God, and you want to become powerful for God, and you want to be used mightily in the kingdom. You can, you can, you can, can. You can grow past that besetting sin. I don't care how much resistance is there in your life. You've got the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is more powerful than that resistance that comes to you, whether the resistance is doubt in your mind or maybe the, the, the conversation of a loved one or a family member or a friend. I take authority in Jesus' name over every resistance that has come against you. And in Jesus' name, you're going to grow beyond it in Jesus' name. Lift up your hands right now to the Lord. Let's love him right. Why don't you confess that right now? Lord, I believe your word. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to grow beyond Whatever, has got, whatever I'm hung up with, I'm going to grow beyond this new place that I'm pursuing in God. In the name of Jesus. Whenever you come to a new place in God, you're going to meet a resistance. You know, you, you've heard it as much as I have, really. Uh, when the Lord led the bishop into praying in tongues, I think it was about my age, and he said the enemy fought him and fought him and fought him and fought him in his mind. Fought him in his mind. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Well, what was a battle for him is all I've ever known. But he, he entered into new territory in his walk with God. And all of a sudden there was this mental battle that began to rage. You're crazy. This is crazy. This is nuts. You shouldn't do this. You're wasting your time. But it was just that initial barrier of expanding uh, his understanding of prayer. And this, and this principle applies to everything you're going to do. You're going to read your Bible more? Okay. Prepare to get distracted. Whatever it is, whatever it is, this principle really applies at every layer. But you're going to make it through it. You've got the power to, uh, of the Holy Ghost to, 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 for the Lord to quicken your mind and quicken your spirit and give you strength. God's not leaving you in the battle by yourself. Yeah, you've got his spirit, but he is, I mean, he is right there with you every step of the way. You've just got to stay diligent and say, Lord, I'm going to grow. I'm going to make it. I'm going to confess the word of God. I'm going to confess truth. I'm going to believe truth. I'm going to believe the word of God. I'm going to keep going forward and I'm going to make it. I'm going to grow. I'm going to get deliverance. I'm going to get healing. I'm going to get, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to overcome this besetting sin in my life. I am going to grow in God. Amen. I remember the first time I taught a Bible study. Matter of fact, I think it was on SIU campus. UAS. I get them mixed up all the time. I was 16 and I, and I taught. There was a group of people. 
I'm done. Stand with me. There was a group of, of college kids there. This is my first time teaching. I teach through that. It was the booklet, The Pentecostal Experience. I teach through it. I get done. This guy folds his arm, looks at me, and goes, I don't believe it. I mean, it was like the most sharp, like, Ehh. what was that? Enemy trying to do this. It was too late. I was already juiced up. The Holy Ghost, you know, just the flow you get into when you're teaching and the Spirit of the Lord you feel there. God in my spirit. There's going to be a resistance there. Whatever it is you're going to do. You're going to teach Bibles. You want to start a small group. You'll be involved in a small group. You want to be, you want to be involved in the lost souls of humanity of Springfield and, and seeing the lost say, prepare for there to be an initial shock. It's not there the whole time. It's just new levels, new devils. When you decide you're going to take this to the next level, there will be a resistance when you get there. But you'll break through it. And every devil in hell has got to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. They have to. They have to. They have to. Every demonic spirit that wants to resist you has to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It doesn't matter how, whoo, man, I'm, it's strong in here right now. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord. He mahaya. In the name of Jesus, once you pray in the Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus, let it loosen this house right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I take authority over every demonic spirit and every stronghold that would want to come against every individual and come against this church. We are going to a new place in the kingdom of God. We are going to ascend into new heights in the spirit. In the name of Jesus, disciples are going to be made in this city like they never have been before. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Situations will happen in your life. And it will seem to want to discourage you. I don't, I don't know what your health situation is. I don't know what your financial situation is. I don't know what your family situation is. But I can guarantee you that the attack of the enemy is going to surface through one of those three things. All he can try to do is distract you and discourage you. Just try to interrupt. Just try to interrupt. That's all, he, that's all he can do. That's all he can try to do. But you've got the power of the Holy Ghost. And every devil, every distracting spirit, every interrupting spirit that just wants to distract and interrupt and just try to get your get you frazzled in your mind and just try to get you distracted with here and there you've got if if you make up your mind I'm not going to get distracted from the plan of God from the kingdom of God I'm not going to get distracted from the purpose of God in my life and where we are going where God is taking me I'm not going to get distracted I know I got this stuff that I can lend my mental energy to right now but I'm not going to get distracted Hallelujah. Praise God. It'll be very tempting. It'll be very tempting. Be very tempting to bow to the distraction. 
and give it your energy. But I, 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 here's what we've got to understand. Is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God being, the gospel being propagated in the earth. And the purpose of God for my life is more important than everything. It's more important than the laundry. It's more important than vacuuming my carpet. It's okay. I'm not saying don't do your laundry. Okay. For the sake of all of us. Just kidding. All of these things that we have to do, we have to do them, right? We've just got to have an understanding that under an underlying truth under all of that, the most important thing is the kingdom of God and his purpose in my life. The kingdom of God is not advanced by childless or responsible less people. The kingdom of God is not advanced by people that don't have anything else to do. The kingdom of God is advanced by people who have jobs, who have responsibilities, who have laundry to do, who have kids to pick up, who have groceries to shop for, who have all of these things that we got to do. The kingdom of God can be done and it will be done. Even though we have all this stuff, but there, there will be opportunities that arise that, that, that tempt us to say, well, I've, I've got to get this done. I've got, to, I've got to bow out of this so I can get this done. It's going to come. It's going to come. I'm not talking about taking a vacation once or twice a year. I'm talking about just, just little distractions that will just bleed our time away. Things that won't matter tomorrow or the next week. Because when you say, I'm stepping into new territory with the gospel, I'm stepping into new territory in my own life with God. I'm going to get back to where I need to get back to. I'm going to advance in the kingdom. There's going to be some excuse, some situation, some scenario that's going to resist you. It is not that person. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. But that spirit that wants to resist you and discourage you has to bow to the name of Jesus. It cannot win. It cannot win. It has to give way to the name of Jesus. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus, I lose faith in the hearts of every believer tonight. I take authority in Jesus' name over every lying spirit, over every resistance. Lord, I lose faith and strength in the minds of every believer here tonight. They're going to make it through the resistance. They're going to be used powerfully in the kingdom. They're, gonna, they're going to go to new heights in the kingdom. They're going to go to new places in God to be used of God in a greater measure, in a greater anointing and a greater place in the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus right now. I loose a fresh wind of the Holy Ghost and a touch of God upon God's people. They're going higher in the Holy Ghost. They're going to make it. They're going to go to and do greater things than they've ever done in the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ in Jesus name. Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now and give him praise tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah.